0: Everybody in the United States of the motherfucking America. How many people actually fucking seen Parasite? Can someone please raise your goddamn hand and tell me, for the love of Christ, how many fucking people in the United States of the motherfucking America saw Parasite? Okay? I don't know what Parasite is. I don't give a shit about Parasite. It's fine. It won Best Foreign Film. You know why? Because it's a goddamn foreign film. Joker, and look, I don't care if Joker didn't win, I wanted to win, but it could have been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, Little Way, I don't give a shit, but fucking Parasite, which won Best Foreign Film, Best Director, Best Picture. I'm sorry, if you won Best Foreign Film, you should automatically be invalid to even be qualified to win Best Picture. You should. And it pisses me off because Joker, let's talk about Joker, okay, Look at United States of America right now. What is more important to our culture than the Joker? About a movie that talks about mental illness not being taken care, taken seriously. About how people in high places look down and frown upon the poor, the poverty, and people with mental illness. How we need to take this more serious. But no, forget all these fucking social problems that Joker touched upon. Let's have a better woke agenda, and let's go full fucking woke, and let's give Parasite, the first fucking thing they said, Parasite, the first foreign language movie to ever win Best Picture, well, I'm, pat yourself on the fucking back, Academy. Go pat your woke ass fucking selves on the fucking back. I am sorry. This is fucking ludicrous. It's fucking asinine. I can't believe this shit. And again, I wanted Joker to win. It could have been any fucking film. Little fucking women, I don't give a fuck. You guys could have gave that shit to fucking, um, I don't care. Shazam. You could have gave it to Shazam. I don't care. But a film shouldn't be nominated for Best Foreign Film and then also have the opportunity to win Best Picture. Because none of the other Best Picture nominations had a chance to be nominated for anything else. You know, I mean, guess the technical... Well,
1: it looks like somebody doesn't like Koreans. It is Friday... February 14th, 2020. And as you can tell by that bullshit, uh, a lot of people didn't like uh, Parasite winning Best Picture. Even though it's, it's actually a very good movie, maybe. Maybe if that motherfucker saw it. He he would have a, a a better opinion of it, but no, he is too busy watching Joker Joker for the unteenth time. I wrote a bunch of notes, and it's just jumbled, just like because I just like I just been trying to find shit to talk about at top of the uh, top of the show and. Um, a lot of bullshit is going on. Let's see here. Let, let me start. With, let me start with this. Uh, Snoop Dogg has offered a public ap- apology to Gail King after days of backlash over questions she asked about the late basketball legend Kobe Bryant. The rapper had been critical of King following her interview with WNBA star Lisa Leslie in which King asks about rape allegations against Bryant, who died last month in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Snoop Dogg's comments kicked off a storm of controversy which resulted in King being targeted with death threats and expressing anger at her CBS This Morning bosses for how they marketed the interview. This is my favorite part right here. Had a talk with my mama. Thank you, mama, Snoop Dogg wrote in the caption of a video he posted on his verified Instagram account Tuesday. Two rounds don't make a right time to heal. Gail King, peace and love, praying for you and your family as well as Vanessa and the kids. The hip-hop star said in the video that he overreacted and offered up to King that I publicly tore you down by coming at you in a derogatory manner based off of emotions of me being angry at a question you asked. Kane expressed anger at her CBS This Morning Bosses for releasing what she felt was a salacious and out-of-context clip of her interview with Leslie, which focused on King asking about Brian. Let me tell you something. Um, Early in the week, I saw hashtags with both. I stand with Gail and I stand with Stoop." When that shit happens... I have this tendency to just, just, just step in my own bubble and just like y- 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 y'all motherfuckers figure that out because I can't believe this shit. Shit's happening. First of all, somebody just uh, hate to remind people that not only a, a, a great basketball player died, but uh, the man's daughter died and about seven other people. So can we just? pause on all the bullshit for a while. Just, I know it's just it's, it's the fact that you know, it's just one of those things where it's just like, you saw all this shit coming where people were gonna get into it about their shit and and Twitter just do, their, do the usual Twitter shit that it does Where it's just it's just chaos, chaos and commotion. Oh man, I'm thinking about getting off Twitter and and social social media. At least take a vacation from it because some of y'all motherfuckers just don't know how to act. Just don't know how to think rationally. Like yes, just yesterday, just a couple of days ago. I'm sorry, a couple of days ago because you know I recorded this on Thursday and it drops on Friday. I got it be, be, you know, logical to time, you know, a couple of days ago, people gone getting on Dean Kane's case because he posted, uh, some video of, um, Ashley Judd stumping for Elizabeth Warren. And he said, listen, I don't know what to say about this shit. So I'm just going to keep quiet. First of all, why the fuck you dropped the phone? The, the video if you wanted to keep quiet, you, you didn't have to say shit at all, but you but you posted a video of Ashley Judd doing Elizabeth Warren shit. And and, and of course and then people got on his case because they assumed uh that he was commenting on Ashley Judd's appearance in the video because apparently Ashley Judd looked all puffy. You, apparently she got some condition where her face gets puffy and she got to take medication for the shit and you know but but Dean Kane was like no I wasn't talking about it. I was talking about Elizabeth little bit what that that's a crazy shit where it's just like that says more about the people commenting about this stuff than the you know Dean Kane or whatever cuz it's like 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 they're I'm sure there are a ton of things you could you could get on Dean Cain's case about, but the fact that even he was like, I wasn't talking about her appearance. I was talking about you know you know her with Elizabeth Warren. I was like, and then just everybody just assumed that I was talking about her appearance. What the like? What the fuck to say about y'all when it's just like he didn't even say he didn't he literally did not say anything about the woman's appearance. But people just jumped to that conclusion that uh, Dean Cain was saying that Ashley Judd's face looked puffy, and just Twitter is a madhouse these days. I don't know if y'all been on Twitter lately, but it's just It's all the shit with the Oscars alone. Just because I mean, Na- uh, Natalie Portman uh, went to the Oscars wearing a cape. With uh, the names of uh, filmmakers that weren't nominated on the side, on uh, like on her cape, and then everybody was like, "Oh, that's cool. Why don't you uh, give these uh, filmmakers jobs? Because you have a production company, and you haven't given those filmmakers jobs. You, you know, you're the only female filmmaker and shit, and just
2: you know, like
1: maybe I." You never know. Just like maybe she tried to give filmmaker jobs, and nobody was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna be behind a female filmmaker." So she had to get male filmmakers. But you, you y'all, don't know shit. Y'all just just throw that stuff out there, and you just assume all this stuff. And, and apparently, like I, I just reading today, that Rose McGowan was upset about Portman's display of solidarity or whatever. And she was just like, you know, we're putting the work in, you just putting names on a cape. Is It's gotten to a point where it's like, I get the sense that even... Even like the, 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 just, just a minimal amount of effort is still not enough. Like I always thought, you know, just as somebody who, um, was going through some shit and just got some love for a lot from a lot of people he didn't know, um, just the just the smallest effort is still was still substantial but uh you know people complain about that people complain that you're not doing enough and I think that's the reason why a lot of people don't do anything anyway like even because didn't I say a couple of uh, you know, a couple months ago, just like you just give a dollar to some, you know, to some charities. Maybe, like, spend a month giving a dollar to a charity a day. That would be enough, but it's just. It's like sometimes, sometimes people can't do everything. You know, you just do what you can. And you shouldn't fault people for doing what they can. I mean, there's maybe there's there's a whole other story to why Natalie Portman hasn't hired, you know, all these great female filmmakers to do shit for her because like for whatever reason, or maybe she wanted to get herself out there first. I I don't goddamn I'm I don't, I don't know why I have to defend this goddamn millionaire, but it's just. People are ready to go on the attack. And just not. Yeah, you know, I was listening to this podcast, the Black Eyed Tips. And the these the host of the podcast, Rod and Karen Morrow. And they're, they're like the best podcasters, in my opinion, that's out there. Because they, they actually think before they speak. And. They had an uh, episode a couple of weeks ago where we are talking about how people are complicated. People are complicated, and they're always going to be complicated. And uh, just it's, you know, people, especially on social media, forget that. Uh, they Forget that it's, that, it's, that it's not black and white. It's never, ever going to be black and white. You know, it's all nuance. It's all this. You know, some people can do this at this point, but can't do that. It's I don't know what it is where it's just like if somebody does this now and they did this back then, that 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 discredits them. You know, if it's, especially if it's if it's, you know, something they did in the past, which is just can can easily be rectified. And you know, just yeah, you know, for i I'm just thinking of the you know, all the the shit with James Gunn, now he's doing the suicide squad and all these photos of Margot Robbie dressing dressing looking out Yeah, you know, I don't know, whatever. It's just he got through all that shit with the, the the tweets that he did 10 years ago and just, you know, just, just moving on to, you know, whatever the hell. You know, he's just been trying to, uh, to rectify the situation. So. Oh, God. <laughs> this is is the kind of stuff I've been thinking about for the past few days, because just, you know, I'm trying, you know, because of course the title of the show is Everything is Canceled, and just, I do get that sense that everything is canceled, but it's like, if there's people out there willing to do better, can you, can we, we let them do better? If if people legitimately out there want want to do better, if they if they show up wherever the fuck they show up and you say, Hey, I want to do better, the motherfucker that I was back in the day, the person that did all that shit ten years ago, the, 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 the person that did shit that wasn't completely reprehensible and just disgusting and just you know irredeemable. Can I be a better? Can I can I can I be a better person? Can I do better? Can y'all help can y'all let me do better? Can y'all help me do better? I'm gonna keep it real. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Cause uh it's obvious I've been drinking and I think I'm an I'm think I'm a high functioning alcoholic. And that's one of the let's tell you the truth, that's one of the reasons why I'm on the mic right now. Because I had to drink a lot in order to talk about all this shit. Because if I didn't, I I wouldn't be talking about anything. It's hard to get a lot out of me sober. Uh, Coronavirus can be spread through people who aren't exhibiting symptoms of the illness. The director of the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention said Thursday. That's cool. We're not going to die. Let's 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 keep it real we, we if this if this breaks out the way I think it's gonna break out, yeah shit's gonna go crazy. Uh Amber Rose put some put the names of her children on her head. Rose welcomed slash in October two nineteen with her boy twenty nineteen with her boyfriend. Alexander A.E. Edwards and shares Bash, real name Sebastian, with her ex-husband, Wiz Khalifa. At least she knows who her kids are. You know, just in that out there, whatever, doing whatever the hell. Uh, Astros owner Jim Crane said, when the team assembles for spring training, the players will come up with a plan to address the sign-stealing saga publicly and will apologize for their role in the events that led to MLB's sanctions. I wish I gave a shit about any of that. Um... Like I'm literally trying, wondering if I should talk about Trump. Um... Four federal prosecutors who rose to national prominence for their role in the Russia probe abruptly resigned their posts at the Justice Department on Tuesday as President Donald Trump and the Justice Department interfered in a case in order to lessen the punishment for Roger Stone, the pervious look the pervious looking Tom Wolf, lookalike, a presidential ally convicted of several federal crimes. In a surprise mid-afternoon filing at the US District Court in Washington D.C., special assistant United States attorney Aaron Zelinsky wrote, "The court is advised that the undersigned attorney has resigned effective immediately after this filing as a Special Assistant United States Attorney for District of Columbia. Here's all I got to say. Democrats, y'all get on the goddamn ball. I don't know what the fuck any y'all are doing. Y'all are just complaining and infighting and whatever the hell... Republicans don't do that. They all all they're all on one accord. And you know, even if that accord is not um, right in the slightest, Democrats are all complain. You know, the, the, the Iowa the Iowa shit that happened, I'm not I'm not even gonna get into that. Uh but it's just Dem- Democrats are fucking up. Somebody needs to round all y'all motherfuckers up and say, hey, like this shit ain't even, ain't even cool anymore. We need to, you know, to get behind somebody, you know, Yang is gone now, you know, like, listen, Warren, Biden, whatever the fuck, we just need to band together now. Like what, what, what the fuck's wrong with y'all is just. All these debates and shit. I mean, no goddamn sense at all. Elizabeth Warren rolling up to Bernie Sanders like, "Hey, you said that shit about me." And I'm like, "Oh, goddamn it!" Trump's Trump's gonna be president again. It's it's gonna happen. Yes, you know, whether you want it or not, it's you know, if y'all keep on doing this bullshit. Trump's going to be a president, and it's going to be another four years of bullshit where it's just, he's going to be doing stuff, going to be grabbing asses and telling uh, foreign leaders to go fuck themselves. You know, uh, it's Valentine's Day, it's it's Valentine's Day, Friday, it's Valentine's Day. I was going to say... um, you know, I'm I'm not doing anything on Valentine's Day. Matter of fact, I think only thing I'll be doing on Valentine's Day is uh, uh, debating, trying to find reasons um, not to pull the trigger. Uh, but you know what? Just it's it, it's just another goddamn day. Just if if you got a special someone, you know, hold on to that motherfucker. Just you know, just you know, try to. Stay in that relationship, you know, try to, you know, you know, you know, just listen and just, you know, do what you can. if that person like to, you know, have a finger someplace, you know, appease that person, just, you know, just, just, just try to keep, just try to keep peace in the home. God damn it. Why is, why, why is that so difficult? Just, 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 you know, be, just be with somebody. And if you're not with somebody, that's cool too. You know, just just, just 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 you know just 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 be happy with who you are. Just like go home and just go through all the OnlyFans sites you you pay for and, and beat off and everything in a, in a sock or a T-shirt or whatever. Goddamn, be yourself, Jesus. Make it, make it out like Valentine's Day is this like this great day that if you're not with anybody, you're you're a goddamn loser. I already feel like a loser every moment of the day, so I need a whole other day to remind me that oh, you you ain't got sh- you ain't got nobody, so you ain't shit at all. Like I listen, I already know I ain't shit. Just I already know I failed with everything. I'm just I'm living in an apartment with two old men, so. It's just, you know, just, just, I already know, just like, just things haven't worked out for me correctly, just a, but just, just try and just, just have a good time doing something you like doing. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Holy shit, I've, I've been talking for 25 minutes. Let's, let's get some music underway. This is um, the most efficient, yeah, let's go with that. The most efficient show on the interwebs. This is everything is canceled.
3: whose heart you're breaking Can't you see the damage of the liberties you're taking yeah, Why you run away from love, little boy There's nothing wrong with a little love So fine, so fine
2: Thank you
1: is everything is canceled aka Uncle Krizzle's Pit of Despair. Um I am Craig D. Lindsay, aka Uncle Crizzle, aka Black Larry David, aka you smell like shellfish in karate class. Um if you want to get at me on uh, Twitter Facebook, Instagram. I'm on Byte now. It's been a while since I got on Bite. It is uh, at UncleKrizzle U-N-C-L-E C-R-I-Z-C-L-E uh, Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I'm on all the streaming like the Apple Podcast, the Stitcher, the Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, if you want to uh, donate to the podcasts it'd be nice if you did um, go to paypal dot me slash uncle crystal um, I got it everything is canceled um, hashtag there's two l's and canceled don't forget that uh, well let's let's talk about what we uh, what I just played. Uh, starting at the top of uh, top with a little song called "Little Boy" from the Four Pleasure album, and then after that was a uh, rendition of uh, Marvin Gaye's "After the Dance" with the uh, James Qu- uh, Taylor Quartet from the "Don't Mess with Mr. T" uh, compilation, and after that a duet on "Who Chooses the Seasons" with uh, uh, Carlene Anderson. On the uh, female vocals. And all those tracks. Have one thing in common. That they are all performed by my guest today. And uh, my guest is someone. My guest is someone I've uh, been a fan of for a long time. A long time. We're talking about late 90s. And I, and I am not ashamed to say I've had a, a man crush on this dude. I have written about this dude on a uh, several occasions. I, I've even met the man. I've seen him perform live. I t- took a very notable photo with him, and um, I enjoy his uh, work immensely. He has he uh, dropped his uh, greatest hits compilation uh, called the anthology, and uh, that can be. <laughs> Be on several streaming platforms. And that man is called Omar. Uh, Omar Life Fook is his full name and stuff like that. And uh, I actually had the pleasure of interviewing him a week or so ago uh, via Skype. It's crazy how you can just contact human beings in other parts of the world... Online, like it ain't nothing. Like I remember, I remember time thirty years ago we couldn't do that. But um, yeah, I contacted him. It was it was an interesting um, it was an interesting meetup uh, mainly because I was kind of two hours late. Uh, like I didn't get uh, the email from um his publicity person saying that it was gonna happen. I thought it wasn't I didn't I didn't know if it was gonna happen, so I emailed her and I didn't get the email back and then I tried to email her again and um she didn't get it. So I, I actually just contacted Omar on Skype and I say, Is this still happening? So he's and he said, Yes, but you're two hours late is I and then I had to tell him the whole thing again and so I'm like, I'm sorry. But you know what? Let's just get into it now. Uh, last Friday I talked to Omar over his studio and we talked about a lot of stuff so let's just get into it now all right um, all right uh, well this this is finally the moment has arrived I got a, a very popular uh, vocalist on the uh, on the podcast with me he has uh performed uh you know done some of my favorite songs some of my favorite albums and uh i got him on the skype here so um shall- good evening oh what yes omar uh welcome to uh everything is canceled
4: everything is canceled all right thank you very much
1: i appreciate you uh talking uh yeah, and just, uh, you know, I always wanted to have you on the show and uh, just to uh, talk about uh, you as a performer. You got because uh, you just uh, dropped a, uh, an anthology, mm. well, it's called The Anthology, and um, yeah, I've just been uh, listening to it uh, for the past uh, week or so and been enjoying it immensely, but I've always enjoyed your work, so just trying to see, um, I just let's just start with uh, where the idea to do the anthology came from
4: uh well you know it's uh eight albums deep it's 35 years since i released my first single so uh it was kind of about time you know and i know yeah. that i'm gonna be doing album nine soon but that's gonna be like the next phase so and, and this year it's gonna be 30 years since there's nothing like this yeah was was released initially so yeah it's, it's kind of like the right year to do it it's the right year to do it
1: and just uh i mean what you I'm just seeing which uh, tracks uh you decided i know you got like some of the favorites but uh, just like which track you decided to include on the anthology because I, I think i don't know i don't know if you remember but like uh you know i interviewed you a, lot, a long time ago and i was telling you how uh, get it together from sing if you want it it's kind of like my theme song okay and i just but, yeah but that's not on the anthology so i'm just trying to see which uh how you know, yeah, you know there's it
4: gonna be songs on it that didn't make it uh that everybody's there go, why didn't that make it uh, you know i've got like uh over 100 songs
2: uh-huh. um
4: so some somebody was gonna have to get killed basically. ah so you, um, yeah you know, and then that just leaves room for uh, you know anthology part two yeah uh, basically you know it had to go from that over the hundred down to they said well pick 50 Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so then pick the 50, and then we had to whittle that down to the 33 that year now, because the CDs, there's only two CDs, and there's only a certain amount of songs you can put in them before the sound goes back. So it's a very hard process to, like, say, well, this one, no, that one, you know what I mean? I just kind of was lucky, didn't stop my hand in there, went, right, let's go with this, and then we'll we'll see what happens later.
1: Uh, well, this, well, I mean... I may uh, because I just mentioned that you, like, I saw you, I interviewed you a long time ago, because one of the things you mainly were uh, performing in the States, I think it was like uh, 2007, 2008, and uh, like you made a stop in Raleigh, North Carolina, which I thought, which surprised me immensely when I found that out about that, because I didn't think like Raleigh was going to be one of the stops, but uh, you performed there, you performed at a Lincoln
4: Theater. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. Like, if you had any instances, of memories of uh, performing in Raleigh.
4: Well, the, one I? Thing I remember about Raleigh is that it was a quick one. So like, I flew in for the show and then like flew out the next day. Um,
2: yeah.
4: But you know, the love was there. Uh, it was yeah. And it it kind of surprised me too, because I hadn't heard of Raleigh until until that point. But obviously, there's a hub of uh, of soul listeners. That come from there, so yeah, that's how that worked.
1: Yeah, I mean, what made you? you know, well, I think you, uh, you you answered it back then, but what made you decide to stop off at North Carolina and do some stuff?
4: Because they decided to book me and pay me for a show.
1: <laughs> that that's always good.
4: Just Quite when people pay you for you know I mean? stuff. It's not like I sit down with a map and go right. Let's go here. Or, let's go yeah. there. You know? this this is where I get told that there's a there's a fan base. So I, I like to go and see. Uh, I like to go and see what it's all about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you did. Uh, I believe you did. Uh, you know, it was here in the states last year. You played Atlanta. I wanted to head over to Atlanta and check you out, but you know, I'm broke. So, uh,
2: <laughs>
1: but uh, just like,
4: all?
1: yeah, exactly. And I mean, just how often you come down to states? Is there any like features? The last the time I came to the states was
4: 2010 and uh, 2009. Before the last time, which was just last year. So I came in August and October. So I'm planning to be back there in July. Um, There were places that I was supposed to go. There was a mess up with the visa. So I I ended up not doing some of the places that I was originally booked to do. uh,
2: uh,
4: So I intend to go back and hit them other spots. Like there was Detroit, Chicago, Philly, L.A., San Francisco. You know, all these places I didn't actually get to hit. Seattle. And uh, mm-hmm. back to Raleigh as well. So, you know, uh, we've taken care of the certain things and I'll, I will be back.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but like when I showed up, I showed up at the Raleigh show. I, I showed up at the Raleigh show with literally like most of your entire catalog. And telling you to yeah you to sign it because uh, I had like I had, there's nothing like this. I had music. I had, there's not a love song. I had for pleasure. I had the whole thing. hmm like it's ready for to sign and stuff. Like you, you get people in the states uh, just coming by with like all all your Always. stuff.
4: Always, yeah. they not just the states. They're, you know, regularly everywhere. Like Japan, they they do a lot of that. Um, you know, uh, yeah. In in the UK, I've had people come with several vinyl albums that I, I was like, didn't you know, I didn't even remember I did a vinyl of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, and that's a niche market, but there's plenty of people to to fill it.
1: I mean, Japan, one of those places where you get. I just seen which place, uh, what parts of the world do people uh, respond to you in, in 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 ways where like you didn't know? Like, damn, I just I got a following down here. Just,
4: uh, that that, that would be places that I've never been. Places. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, I I'm used to going to Japan and 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 seeing the love, the love there. There was one place. Where was I? Oh, in, I was in Jakarta and uh, I was singing with Incognito, Indonesia, and uh, we started playing. There's nothing like this, and the whole crowd, the 5,000 people, were singing the song. That that took me by surprise. Um, I've heard it been played in Mexico, Venezuela, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Nicaragua, uh, all kinds of different spots I've never been, but they've said that they heard the music playing, which is always a nice feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, you say you've been doing this for 30, 35 years, and I guess we, we should just get into, like, just this, how would you go about describing the longevity that you as a vocalist? I mean, it's just like, it's just something, I mean, how do you, like, what would you say keeps you moving forward in, in doing the things that you do? Uh,
4: basically, stubbornness, ego, pride. Mm. Uh. I'm loving what I do, you know. Uh, I still get that fire in my belly when I, when I'm writing a song. I'm trying. I'm doing one right now, in fact, that I'm mm. getting all excited about because I already got the groove in my head. Uh, I, I think as long as I, I, still have that, then I'll keep on making music.
1: hmm I mean, well, just well, can, can we can we start at the beginning? Can we? You mind just like real brief, just like going, like where did it all? Get in there for you, just like where where, where to start off, just yes just, just try and get your get the origin story, if you will, of Omar and
4: where. Uh, it well, I was uh, classically trained. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I first learned the cornet, and then I learned the, the, uh, the percussion, then the baritone euphonium, the tuba, guitar, piano, drums, percussion. I played a. Uh, You know, it was Saturday morning music school, and then it was, uh, I went to boarding school, music boarding school in Manchester, studied at Mm -hmm. the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Uh, But I was always, I released my first single when I was 16, and it was on my father's record label called Congo Dance. And uh, basically, uh, we got to the point, we released a single every year until 1990, when my dad decided that I should uh, record an album. And mm-hmm. uh, that's when we put out the album. There's nothing like this with the title, title song being the, the lead single. And that's kind of where everything, where where my name was cemented, I suppose.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you say your father had you know, had a label, so it was kind of like, was it was it kind of like a family business type of thing where just like you just sense, oh, I guess, you know, I'm doing this because it's kind of like in the in it, the bloodstream, in way, if you will.
4: In a way, because uh, my brothers had a, a, a kid's band called Burning Bush that was on my dad's label as well. My dad had his uh, his own band called Jaline, which is a reggae band. And, uh, uh, and yeah, he decided he wanted to have some soul music. And that's by chance what I was doing when I was about 14, 15, 16. I used to go to his uh, studio in um, Edgewood Road and, and put down some demos and stuff. Uh, and by the time I was 16, I was ready to put out my first single.
1: Yeah, but I me mean, as a teenager was it kind of like, you know, looking back, was it kind of like the 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 right moment for you, right point for you to start the career, or do you think it was more like? Well, I, think-
4: I, when I was sixteen, um, I remember having a meeting with my, my dad and uh, one major label,
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh, who was EMI or, or Island, and they were offering yeah. me a little deal. They were off, offering me a little deal to put together like like an EP and I I said no I said I wanted to stay I wanted to stay in school I wanted to get my qualifications which I didn't get by the way
2: yeah
4: but the intention was there that I should stay in school so I could get educated but uh, I still got the wealth of of knowledge going to music school there because I was surrounded by you know musicians instruments everything was wall-to-wall music and I think that definitely colored um my my musical input
2: yeah
1: well just in, in talking about your you know your musical input and everything just like one of the things i always enjoy about you as a vocalist is just the way you can just kind of riff and just i don't know if we, we if we can officially call it if we can officially call it scatting or whatever i mean i don't know if there's a i don't know if there's a term for it that i'm not aware of
4: yeah but
1: yeah and just just was that something that um uh that you thought you felt that you could uh you know uh work your you know work that into into your advantage just like this is kind of what i'm going to work myself just uh, of have that my repertoire is like i'm going to do this type of uh, vocalizing as a performer
4: uh yeah, I mean, it's just it's just part of what I do, you know. I'm, I'm influenced by jazz, you know, people like John Hendrix, King Pleasure and stuff like that. That's I was thinking mm. that when I was uh, 17, 18. So that definitely would have worked itself in, into my repertoire. Um, you know, I always said that I wanted to have my own sound from when I was 14, 15 years old. I just wanted everybody to know my music. As soon as you put on my record or, or you know, heard my music, first four bars, you know that it's me, and I think yeah. i've achieved that. I think I've achieved that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, your vocalizing is taking you to a lot of different places. Uh, I mean, just I think you know, last time we spoke, I think like the most. I think most people, apart from your your work, would know you around these parts and, and elsewhere, uh, singing the theme theme song from Chef. Okay, and uh, just didn't. Uh, Yeah, weren't you on like uh, the uh, Javon Javon Prince show? That's right. And the houseman, just like just uh, how's it been, just like doing going down those different avenues where you're working on television.
4: Oh, cool. You know what I mean? I wish I could do um, some more of it. It was uh, the Javon Prince show. Show was a good experience, Uh, and I do bits of acting uh, already as well. I'm doing a one-man play called Love Song, which I've been doing for about four years and you know it's nice to have a little distraction to the music
2: Um, yeah
4: i'm not saying i'm the you know the biggest let's out there but uh, i would certainly have a go
2: yeah
1: and just uh well let's see here because um you've been dropping a lot of stuff uh over you know recently over the years you did like uh the man earlier what they could look a follow-up scene you wanted on beats and just uh and I found that in seeing those are more like independent stuff. And you were talking earlier about working with labels. I always like to ask artists, especially artists who uh, tend to uh, be more independent. Mm. Uh, what you know, the what is it like? How's it feel doing stuff more independently as opposed to doing it with labels? Because then they drop like for pleasure on, on label and everything. So, I guess what's the the,
4: the major versus independent discussion? money that's quite quite that's the biggest difference you know I used to I, I used to be able to like, do rehearsals uh, for two weeks with a full band and the full you know full contingent and stuff like that whereas with independence you gotta you gotta scale all that back
2: mm-hmm.
4: and uh, I've been lucky that I built my own studio mm-hmm. first thing I did I did this 17 years ago I built this place I call it Backer Yard um, because mm. uh I just needed somewhere to be able to create the music, basically. Yeah. That's the, that's, the, that's the most important thing. Uh-huh. But the independence gives you the the freedom to do what you want, you know. Yeah. I've I've heard about big big people on, uh, big labels, and they're under pressure to get it to get the music into the charts and stuff like that, and they're yeah. trying to the hard sell. And I'm not really interested in that, that part of it because I'm just there to create, you know. I'm an artist uh-huh. I express myself.
1: Yeah, I'm, the last time I did a the piece on you, like one of the things I always regret is not uh, writing more about all the people you've collaborated with, especially like stuff on like sing, uh, if if you wanted, because you collaborated with Stevie and just like Le- Leon Ware and all that. and just because I like, think people need to know how much you know you have been, uh, you know, working with so many great people, and just I don't know if you like given stories of how you got with stevie or how you got with leon and just trying to see where those go where you where you two are work where y'all are working on 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 music for your album
4: right so uh, what what are you asking me now?
1: well i just say. well just let's start let's start with stevie just like winning that oh.
4: old stuff with stevie well uh, my manager uh keith harris at the time uh I gave Steve a copy of my second album, Music. I'd met him quite, quite I bumped into him quite a few times. Um, But uh, this time it was a bit different because I changed management. And uh, yeah, my manager, like I said at the time, Keith Harris, gave Stevie a copy of my second album. And he said he wanted to write me my first number one. He said he liked the music. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, And then uh, uh, he invited me to Wonderland in la i think it was 93 uh, oh. that was my first chance of getting in the studio with him and then uh yeah it didn't quite work out at the time so then i, I had to wait until 2000 and i now got a phone call from steven said he's in town wants to do some music so we went to the studio once and then the next day he said i'll go another tune and that the, the result of that was feeling you yeah
1: well one one thing i remember that uh you worked on uh, was uh, the um, the cover of uh, William Devon's "Be Thankful for What You Got" on a uh, best by far. But the funny thing that like that on I, f- I forget just like on some r- releases it was on some albums it was you and uh, Angie Stone. All right. And then you and Erica Badu. And I was trying to see where did that whole thing pop? Where you had to that, too, uh, uh,
4: Erica's label wasn't wasn't. Uh, let me use her after surprise. I mean, it, the, we, everything was fine. And then like the week before, they we decided that they um, they didn't want her to be on the album. So then I had to like find like a replacement very quickly, even though I was not very happy about that. Um, yeah. And then uh, after Angie did her version, they, then uh, we got told that we were allowed to use Erica again, which, <laughs> yeah. In the end, I just ended up two, two versions for the price of one you know they're, they're fantastic you know in their own way
1: yeah best by far is kind of well it's kind of ironic that like you labeled it best by far and it's it's like my favorite uh omar least has all the tracks uh i remember buying that uh this record store in houston called serious sounds which is not too far from where i lived mm. in houston and just uh playing that all the time and just, I mean, I don't know if you, what, you know, what, I'm giving you uh, some experiences with that album, and what made you decide to call it Best By Far? Oh, I, that uh, was just a- from
4: the, uh, well, you know, the song was called that, just because that's what the melody was saying to me. Um, I, I wasn't kind of saying this was my Best By Far, or is the, the Best By Far. It's just that's just how it came out, and I thought that'd be a great title for the- the album. Um, it was very, uh, what's the word? Motion picture soundtrack led. You know, it was like John Barry and Lalo Schifrin, uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, I like easy listening. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Bert Bacharach. That was the kind of thing that I was into at the time. So that's what kind of inspired the album.
1: Yeah, I'm just about to say, like at the end, you had "In the Morning," and I believe that you, like, you sampled. I think he sampled the, the score Cowboy. from the Cowboy. Yeah, so that's a good track right there and all this other stuff. And uh, so I think, like, yeah, after that was a thing, you know, it. seeing if you want it. And so just – I'm just seeing how, you know, being you know, in the U.K. scene and everything. I find that, like, this is always interesting, just, just dipping – into uh, the UK music scene every now and then to, to the, try and track down other people uh, you may not have heard of who are doing stuff that you might be interested in. And just just trying to see which, you know, what is, in, in your opinion, what is it about uh, UK soul that uh, people don't, you know, people like myself gravitate to who just always looking for different types of music and there are other things that people aren't uh paying attention to that they should know about and just
4: well i think we give you a, a, a another option we give you an option compared to what you would get from the states uh, yeah. our music has the has the caribbean influence in there you know which doesn't seem to be in the states unless people you know uh, listen to that stuff in particular but you're more jazz and gospel whereas we're more gospel and and reggae and there's mm-hmm. jazz in there as well i know but excuse me there, there's a mixture of um that being english as well living in english mm. that's the only place where jungle music grime all that kind of stuff that all oh, that's very peculiar to to hear and this is yeah. uh you know this is our thing so i think that's why uh, you guys like it so much
1: yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of artists that I you know, often like you know embark on you know stumble upon and just trying to figure out. I don't know if it's because uh you know I don't hear much from them you know in recent years trying to figure out what they're doing. Like guys like like Sean Escoffery, I was a big fan of his stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and uh, just like I don't know if he's doing lately. Just I mean, just uh, just seeing just just like his. Just how how is it with with artists over there who drop stuff? I mean, it's the same thing as is with with the U.S. It's just like if they if people don't, uh, you know, just like no, if they don't make a big enough splash, they end up doing other things, and just it's kind of like you got to track them down and whatnot. Well, uh,
4: the market is uh, is very small over here. Like you, in the States, you could be an R&B artist and survive on the R&B charts because there's enough of you to to, to um, pay that bill. But over here, yeah. it's, it's very small. So people have kind of have a choice of what they want to do. I you know, uh, if they want to feed the kids on the music, sometimes people have to do second jobs um, because that's the reality of the situation. You know, I've been blessed that I didn't have to do that. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, you know that's that's just how it is. Just sort like the, What's the word? The fitness. Only the strongest shall survive. You know. Yeah.
1: It kind of reminds me because like last year I, I found I discovered this uh, artist uh, I don't know if known, but Joel Culpepper. Yeah. Yeah, and just like there's kind of like that that sense of I mean he dropped that that woman video where just like he was working in some like chip shop or whatever, I forget, and just yeah. like, just like this, you do, you get a sense in, when you're listening to music uh, from there, it's just like there's this working class ethos where it's just, uh, you know, you know they're, they're saying but they also gotta like do other things to survive and everything stuff, so. Well,
4: that's what the stories are, not it? I mean, not, yeah. every, not everybody wants to listen to uh, driving down the, di- driving down a uh, Knightsbridge in my my Benzo or my, my Bentley or you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Sometimes we want to hear some of the, the the realness as well. Yeah,
1: I mean they uh, new cats
2: that you're. Well, into funny the, enough like... that
4: you you said Joe. I would have met. I would have said Joe already as well. And uh, uh, Children of Zeus, uh, yeah. Shanice Smith, uh, Ego LMA. Those are the ones I can think of. There's a there's a load more, but I can't think of them all right now.
1: Yeah, this uh yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because I don't know if there's this thing I don't know if it it uh originates from over there, but it's just there's this uh YouTube thing called uh the col Color Studio, the color show. And uh they they get a lot of different artists, international artists, uh coming in. That's usually where I find um a lot of you know international performers like guys like I don't know James Vickery and uh, there's other there's, there's other dude but there's a lot of other uh, artists just like and, and that's that's another question that's another thing I guess we can talk about just like just does it seem now especially in this age of streaming and YouTube mm. that it is a bit more um is a bit easier to track down music these days uh than it was back then you know, people
4: don't have to uh you know before we were controlled by the, the uh the mainstream tv radio uh people basically because so you have to go through them for the masses to to the music whereas now mm. it's so much easier for people to just put up their own music and mm. make their own channels and you know what i mean that they can do, do all that by themselves so, so i think it makes a difference because uh, uh, people, the music isn't forced. Then it's people yeah. just expressing themselves how they want. And if there's an audience there, there's one there. If there's not, there's not. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, as, as a person who's been out there for years, do you find that uh, you have to find a way to work? with this business model or do you still stick to the same stuff that you oh, used to no
4: you have to find a way i mean you know see they, you don't sell cds in the shop anymore but you sell them on a on on a on a gig mm. i mean uh most people yeah. download stuff the streaming thing is i'm a bit conflicted about that uh you know because of obviously you'd be you earn a lot more if they were downloading rather than just streaming so then you know, what is what what the difference is i'm kind of, you know me personally i'm sort of like I, I i i need to have that contact with the with the, with the fans so it's great to do the, do the live shows the pas and you know what i mean stuff where you get to see them direct
1: yeah well i mean uh like you say doing the live stuff and uh selling you know music but also do you also do like the merch thing yeah we're try to string other things through like i don't know uh t-shirts or uh just uh dds you know, shirts uh, yeah because i've been i've been trying to find t-shirts i don't know where to go i, I try to go to the website and didn't know i don't know if you want t-public or anything that's the place where you get the on what t-public that's that's one of the many T-Public. places where you where you can get t-shirts i've given them a free shout out but yeah just like okay. All right. There's all these there's all these spots where, pe- where people like looking at, uh, like sell t-shirt merch and just, right. they can go through there and they can sell it and stuff, but uh, you find it's also a thing where it's just like it's it's not just about the music but about the brand in itself. Just like you know, having people walk around, I don't know, and just but like uh, like if you have like Omar's CBD oil or something like that, just I haven't
4: thought about that yet. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I've only just started smoking again. I, I stopped there for a little while. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you
2: know,
4: these are things all to think about. right at the moment, I'm yeah. just trying to do one thing at a time.
1: Well I, well, I didn't know whether to mention it or not, but just like, just what, well, what made you stop, uh, you know, oh, what made all uh, stop yeah, smoking reasons things? Uh. that
4: I can't go into, but I, oh. I, did, I did it for almost a year. So, uh, yeah. I know I could, you know, it's, it's not one of the things where you have to. It's whether you should or not, you know. So sometimes yeah. you need to take a break, and that's that's what I chose to do. Yeah.
1: Do y'all have CBD oil over there? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the nutrition. Yeah.
4: That's, yeah. That's,
1: oh man, but uh, so but yeah, you I, I believe aren't you like uh, you family man and source and everything, just like and. Uh,
4: I have twin girls. They're 12 years old, maybe 13 this year.
1: 13 years old, and yeah. and and are they are they a big fan of daddy and his work?
4: Uh, they started to be, you know, the friends at school uh, uh, realized that I uh, sing and then they Google me and they, oh my God, that's what your dad does. And then yeah, they start telling me that they're, they're fans of the music. So they kind of took coming around to it. Before it was, it was more of a nuisance. We're out Yeah, really? Then, well, you know, we're out somewhere and people are stopping me to say <laughs> hi and thanks for the music. And then after that, oh, come on, dad, let's go. Um, but now I think they b- begin to realize that that's how I pay pay for their food and their clothes and <laughs> where they live.
1: It's always it's always funny hearing about that from performers with children, because while there be people like myself who are huge fans of your work and want to let you know, you know, children are of course uh, genetically uh, programmed to believe their parents aren't cool, hmm. so it's just like, it's always funny hearing stories about how you know, you know people like you have children and they don't understand yeah. that you may be that person. Like, the person they find cool is yeah, you. I think the, older they, they, they,
4: they, the older they get, the more they find that, they, well, the more they think that I'm cool. Or yeah. their friends tell them that I'm cool. So, you know, that helps.
1: Yeah. I mean, is there any uh, stuff that you know, did, uh, that did that uh, they are their favorites of yours? I mean, have they told you anything like any song or album that, of yours that they? Uh, no, no,
4: somewhere? no. I mean, they told me that one, one of them told me that uh, the teacher came in the, the classroom singing the bass line, so there's nothing like this. Yeah. She yeah. said she was so embarrassed. <laughs> wow. She was mo- mortified. She said that were word, her words.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, how did you balance it over the years? Just like being uh a performer and a parent i mean i, I i'm trying to see like did you well, have a tour with you and
4: stuff like that my ex is uh, i was very understanding basically yeah i mean I, I if i have to go away to work then that's what i'm gonna, gonna do you know just that's the life <clears throat> as a performer um you mm-hmm. know you're away for certain periods of time
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh, it's not as bad as being like a, yeah Living with the sailor, which were away for six, nine months at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my thing is a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks, sometimes. uh But you always come, come home. You know what I mean? So yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, well, I mean, well, I, 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 for some reason, I keep thinking that I ever asked you, like, did you ever go on? Did they have they ever been on tour with you and stuff? And they. Uh,
4: no, yeah, a couple times I've taken them with me to places like Italy. Wow. Germany. So, you know, you know the, uh, I took talking with moving to the stage shows. So, yeah, they've, they've, they've kind of, not on the road as such, but they've come away with me and uh, seen me perform and like, made it sort of like into a road trip type of thing.
2: Um, yeah.
4: But, yeah, they're used to that.
1: Wow. Just like, just, just hearing like all these locales that you've been to, is always uh, interesting doing Italy and just, I mean, was, was Italy a place? Because I... Well, I know you've been touring recently. The, I think you was at the were you in the Caribbean, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And just, yeah. but like, how was Italy to perform? What was, what was that like?
4: Italy's uh, another one of my uh, territories. You know, I, I have territories all over the world where um, there's a pocket of people that know my stuff. And uh, yeah, that was a nice little tour. But I was in the south. Yeah, uh, the Puglia region So yeah, it was it's really cool, and to have your kids there as well, they 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 love kids, there So that was yeah, that was absolutely fun.
1: I gotta ask, how's the food?
4: Yeah, it, it's Italy, man. The food's amazing. Of course. Yeah.
1: Um,
4: we're gonna have to start I, wrapping it up soon, though.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, yeah.
4: well, just real quickly, just like, what is
1: I'm just thinking because. I'm as you, we've been talking about the influences you had and everything. I'm just thinking, just what w- would be the playlist of people that have inspired you, or just people you're into past or present that people could um, go on Spotify or, or whatever?
4: I'd uh, say Stevie Wonder, Jeff Lauber, Michael Jackson, Level 42. Uh, huh? Yeah, level 40 is a good yeah, one. Yeah, level the other. 42. Uh, uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra, um, Dennis Brown, uh, mm-hmm. King Pleasure, John, John Hendricks. Uh, that's that's to say, but a few, you know, just yeah.
2: tracks.
4: How mm-hmm. about that?
1: Yeah, well, just uh, what other uh, well, uh, what other stuff that you're planning, like I said, like this, hopefully, fingers crossed. There's a possibility you'll come to the states, preferably Texas at some point, do something, uh, Texas
4: Just- as well, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm definitely gonna be in the states in July. Depends how many cities we manage to uh, get together uh, by that time, but I'm definitely coming back and I'm trying to make more of a permanent thing because I got a lot of work I need to do out there.
1: Um, yeah, and and well, what's the uh, future stuff, other things, other future plans that you have
4: i'm working on album nine as we speak
1: uh, okay anything you can tell me like a title no, just what
4: No, no it- not telling you nothing it's just album nine it's uh uh yeah i am just i get to a point where i've been making enough music that my head starts bulging and it's so like i need to release the uh whatever it's been in my head and, and put it down in, in the form of music and uh, we're yeah. at point so yeah What's in mm-hmm. space? Well,
1: uh well, thank you uh for uh taking part in this. I appreciate like I know like stuff happened earlier, but uh yeah. just like glad you have to talk about we had to talk and I'm glad to have you. And, and it's always glad as always to talk to, to, to my man crush <laughs> one more time. <laughs> just like always just yeah, you know, just enjoy the, the music and the and the whole swag thank swagger you. if you
4: will. Thank you very much, brother.
1: All right, you, you have a good one now. All
4: right, brother, you take
1: Peace. Yeah, Peace, man. Alright, that was uh that was me talking to Omar uh for a hot minute. And uh I think that went well. I, I, I hope it went well for him. Um so I mean just uh guess we'll close this out uh, for this everything is canceled Um, this is Craig D. Lindsay saying um, until then uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders saw you on TV this week you know what fuck it let's play uh, one more Omar song I just want to let y'all know how good a performer he is so just let me just Let me close this out with one last Omar song. This is uh, Craig D. Lindsay saying, "Sarah Huckabee, I'll deal with you later."
2: And now
3: now has come this dreadful.